Welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with your host, Dr. Veerja Jackson. On our program, we explore the flip side of every story. And when you open yourself up to both sides, you'll realize that there are life lessons, powerful tools, and so much more. Now, here is Dr. Veerja Jackson. Hello and welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. I am Dr. Veerja Jackson, the CEO and creative behind Living Strong Consulting. And I'm back. I first want to just say thank you to all of our listeners for allowing me to take a break for the entire summer. But you continue to support our conversations of healing, resilience, hope, and faith. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for confirming um, the work that we are doing. And we appreciate you. But I'm excited because we are back. Not only are we back, but guess what? This is Living Strong's seventh anniversary. We, seven years ago, um, stepped out on faith and started a company to hopefully impact people from the inside out. And so today is just filled with so much excitement. Returning from a summer break, I'm feeling fresh and excited. It's our anniversary. And we have a special guest that we worked and negotiated and sought out and stalked on some levels (laughs) to get a yes from him. And I want to be able to share a little bit about who he is, the power of his work and the work that he does with his wife and how hopefully it will encourage your journey. So we have with us Jackie Bledsoe. He is a best-selling author, speaker, and entrepreneur who has helped over 115,000 couples with the seven rings of marriage. And if I can just pause there, that's actually what drew him to me. I got the book, listened to it twice, really reshaped my thoughts around my relationship with my husband, identifying that we were somewhere between restoring and prospering, but beginning becoming really intentional in how we were paying attention to the health of our marriage. And so through that excitement, um, I, we sought him out so that he can share the work that both he and his wife, Stefana, who have founded Happily Married couples, the work that they're doing where they want to destroy divorce, build better marriages, and create Christ-centered families all over the world. You may have seen Jackie on ABC News, The 700 Club, Moody Radio, or through his partnership with YouVersion Bible app, Family Life, and Lifeway. His entrepreneurial spirit, along with his understanding of digital marketing, has led him to coach and mentor others on utilizing their unique gifts, experiences, and knowledge to create successful businesses and ministries. So I've shared enough about him. Now let's talk with him. Welcome to the flip side of adversity conversation, Jackie Bledsoe. 
Hey, Dr. Vidra, thank you. I'm super excited to be here. And you didn't have to stalk. It didn't take much uh, for me to, <laughs> to join, especially after I see the work that you guys are doing. But it is a pleasure to be here. Oh, thank you so much. And, you know, there's so much that I want to talk about. And we are always shocked at how quick <laughs> this hour goes by. So I'm actually just going to jump right into the conversation and, and ask, can you tell us about your story with you and your wife. Um, it, it wasn't always the happiest of rings <laughs> and you yeah. had to learn some things. So can you tell us specifically about the adversity that you and your wife actually had to create a flip to overcome? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it definitely wasn't um, happily married couples right up from the beginning. Uh, it's funny because we actually just past weekend got, we went to my high school reunion 30th anniversary and um, they kind of celebrate with other classes. My wife was there and we got to walk the halls of the school where we uh, originally met. And so uh, we, we took it back then. And to, to, to sum it up is both of us were very messy back then. <laughs> and so our relationship started off not like you, you would hope it would where we are right now, but differently. And so, um, you know, fast forward a few years after I went to college and moved to where we are now in Indianapolis, we reconnected after high school. We we weren't high school sweethearts, uh, so we can unpack that later. But um, I relocated to Indianapolis where she was attending school at the time. We reconnected. Uh, fast forward a little bit. Uh, we started dating better than we did the first time when we connected. Uh, we had our first child before marriage. And so here we are um, at that point. Um, I asked her to marry me and she says, yes, we get married. At we'll See, our daughter was 10 months old. But there was so much baggage from before mm -hmm. then, from me being not faithful to her when we when she thought we were in a committed relationship to that carried into the first few years of our marriage. So there were trust issues. We had no guidance. We didn't know where we what we were doing. And we didn't have any other couples who were married mm -hmm. that we could lean on for that. So kind of felt like we were out there by ourselves, just surviving at that at best. So I feel like you have already touched on so many elements that are resonating with our listeners um, from all over the world, because it, when you started with, we were messy, I know that hit, <laughs> <laughs> that hit many chords. So can you walk us through some strategies or principles that have actually helped you navigate through those challenging experiences and times? Yeah, um, I like to say that we uh, we didn't, you know, when we got married and we finally connected with other couples a few years later that had marriages that we were desiring or were kind of along the same ages as we were. They always talked about how they came together in marriage and how they prayed for their spouse and they got premarital counseling and they did all these things. We did none of that. So I say we we got our um, premarital counseling about our one year anniversary, which, you know, wow. pre is supposed to come before we got ours mm -hmm. afterwards. But that was kind of the starting point of what we started to learn and how we started to change. Uh, we, we took a we just really got hungry for growth and spiritual development and marriage development. And so we took this class at our church and we connected with a couple who was uh, leading the class and they kind of mentored us and took us under their wings. And that was the first thing which would continue to happen in our marriage is to, that we were willing and humble and sought out other couples who were a little further ahead than us or many years ahead of us to get their advice and their counsel. And that couple taught us biblical principles for marriage, which we then embraced and started and did our best to follow. And then we also just had someone we can go to when we're facing something and we didn't know, okay, how do we handle this? Or she's doing this or he's doing that. They were there for us. And that started a pattern in our relationship. So 
seeking out the advice of other couples has been one of our staples and one of the saving graces of our marriage. That is really profound for me because I feel like oftentimes people do not reach out for help because of the, they're afraid um, of being exposed in front of another couple. So they will oftentimes struggle in silence and it'll become even more and more toxic because they're afraid to actually share or seek out someone who's trusted. Have you found that as well? Oh yeah, without a doubt. Um, it is very hard. It was hard for us. It wasn't easy. Um, but uh, for whatever reason, I think we were just desperate and des uh, hungry enough and wanted to grow. We really did have that heart at that point. It's like, we got to do something different than what we're doing. But it's not easy to step out there and say, hey, we need some help or hey, this. But what the way it happened for us, it was very organic. Um, and these weren't like official, hey, will you mentor us? Will you coach us? These were couples that we saw and we liked something in them. So we found, we put ourselves in their lives. We spent more time with the things that they were doing, got to know them. Sometimes it was through a church function or other things. Uh, and then we tried to give value to them and serve them. And in turn, they saw that mm -hmm. we were willing and, and able. So it wasn't like we had to come and confess everything. Some stuff I'm sure they already saw in us that needed work. Uh, and they had a heart to share with us as well. So it was a mutual thing. And that made it easier for us to be able to openly share time after time after time. Yeah, it's about relationship, right? We talk about that all the time on this show, the power of community, the power of the process of investing in one another because there is healing in the context of healthy relationships over time. Such a powerful tool. And when you think about how your faith-based community played a role, how did you, your actual faith um, and your spirituality impact this process, you as a husband, as well as for your wife? Yeah, I like to say, it, you know, at that age, see, when our daughter was born, I was 25, Stefano was uh, 23. We were, we were still kids. We were in a new city, pretty much still young. We were growing as just adulting, uh, but also spiritually, we were babies. And both of us, you know, I, I grew up in the church. My mom was the um, church secretary. So coming from a sports background, we call them gym rats when you spend all the time in the, in the, in the gym. Well, I was a church rat because we were always in the church, but still I made different choices when I got outside of that covering, um, Stefan as well. So we were really at that just really immature age. And we, and we connected with a, a church, a, a pastor and other people, a community that was really, um, sharing us God's principles that we'd never seen or heard before like that. Mm -hmm. And so we just got really, really engaged and, and began to grow. But I would, we were very, very immature, but there was a point where we just were gobbling up everything. Uh, we just got hungry for the things of God. We got hungry for growth. We got hungry to try to be better at what we had right there because we did not want to lose what we had in our marriage and our family with our daughter at the time. And we were probably pretty close to being on the verge of that. Mm. I hear that hunger and that passion um, it, now, even from the, that moment back then, I hear it in your voice, the energy that you are giving. What, as you experienced that, can you tell us what were some key elements in that spiritual experience, that faith connection, those relationships that you actually were able to find specific things to infuse spirituality into the relationship in your marriage? 
Yeah. Um, I just remember having a desire, like <laughs> I say, when I was in school, I've spent very little time reading uh, in the library, any of that, but just really a, a desire to, to in, engage and go deep into God's word and studying and memorizing. I can remember I, I, that was the first time I, I didn't think I could memorize uh, Bible verses, but I began to memorize text. Uh, we began to um, read anything and everything that will point us to, to Christ and point us to one another. And it wasn't just with our marriage, there were financial things, but there were principles that we began to learn. And we had we were under great teaching um, as far as our senior pastor and the leadership of our church that really showed us how to understand what God is saying in the Bible, you know, how to break it down and make it practical. And I think that even formed something in me today when I teach and when I share, I try to get very, very practical. Um, and here's certain things we can do. I mean, we, we learned that we need to be praying on a regular basis. Uh, our, my mentor today, anytime I share something that's going on in our marriage, is like, how often are you praying with Stefana? Not just for her, but with her. And so practical things like that prayer. Um, and when you don't know how to pray, you're like, okay, I'm uncomfortable praying. What do you do? I was taught to pray God's word. Uh, and so like, if you don't have the words, his, his word will let, allow you to, that will direct you and he will never say no to his word. So always seek his word for it. So there were just some practical things that I think that we did that got deep into us as we were at that, you know, very fertile stage and it's carried on to today. And now we share it and pour it onto other couples. I think that is one um, from my own background, my own um, story of really getting in. I, I wouldn't say I was necessarily raised in the church. I've I always um, church and going to church was something we did at when I was a child. But as I got older, it became an integral part of um, who I, I saw myself to be, and it shaped how I looked at everything. And when you just shared how taking the word and making it practical for people to put in into their lives, taking it out of Sunday <laughs> and bringing it into the rest of the week in a very practical way. I think that is something that is, um, some people have a myth about, you know, spirituality, about faith, about um, being a Christian, about being a Christ-centered family. What are it, some other myths that you have encountered with um, couples about um, their faith and having a Christ-centered relationship? Yeah, I think one thing they think is they have to give up or stuff. It's like, okay, when I when I get into that relationship, then I can't do this. I can't have fun. It's, it, you know, it kind of goes to that that old ball and chain. It's like, oh man, if I do it this way, if I get married, this is what's going to happen. If I start giving my life to the things of Christ, then I'm restricted. But there's so much freedom in it. And honestly, without him, we're, we're in bondage to so many different things. So when we actually do have that Christ-centered relationship, that Christ-centered focus, that Christ-centered life, there's freedom that we can't really explain. And it's, it's kind of, you know, it's one of those, if you know, you know, uh, for those of us that have experienced it, um, that's why we're called to share it because it's so amazing. And, and when we want other people to share it, but when you experience that, you, you, you get what I'm saying right now, there's freedom in it, not bondage. Yes. So you transitioned, <laughs> you and Stefana transitioned from um, really just uh, 
from messy into relationship with other wise couples to now you are the one that people come to <laughs> in your own ministry. Um, and so you and Stefana have created Happily Married Couples. Um, what are some of the common challenges you are seeing in couples? I think especially now, as we've heard the statistics of relationships coming out of the pandemic, what are some common challenges that you're hearing that couples are actually facing? Yeah, two two things that pop up. We do we survey our people every once in a while, and two things that pop up is they they have a very hard time communicating, so they're just not able to understand each other, and they feel like they're not connecting. And those are two major ones. And, and when you can't communicate, then money's a problem because you have a hard time communicating about money. Intimacy is a problem because you have a hard time uh, communicating about that. Parenting. All it touches so many areas of our lives that it's it's a big struggle, and so I found out that that is just it's just a big it's a common thing. Like we're having a hard time communicating. And those other couples, the communication I think plays into it as well with the connecting. They're not connecting or we drifted. You know, I think the drifting comes from um, a lack of intentionality, where mm-hmm. you know we drift apart naturally. And it takes to be very intentional to come together as one in our marriage. And so that is just regular stuff that we've got to do practically over and over again. Uh, so you look up and you don't connect with your spouse the way you used to. That's not something that just happened all of a sudden. You've been drifting. Um, Gary Chapman says it best. He's, there's this quote. He says, marriages either grow or regress. They never stand still. And so when you have that mindset that, OK, if I'm not growing, then that means I'm regressing. And so now I got to do some practical things to grow closer to my spouse. Uh, but those are two major ones that we see consistently come up in different forms, wherever, however they explain it consistently. Those are the two common things that I see a lot. The, the thought of growth, um, I, I work with a lot of John Maxwell's work, and he talks about how we expect growth to be kind of this um, accidental thing that just happens, but it really is creating an intentional growth plan for whatever area of growth you are pursuing. And when we talk about growth on the show, especially talking about the flip side of adversity, how you are growing out of things that are no longer serving you, or you're growing out of the adversity that happened, we often talk about this really reshaping the concept of resilience, that it's it's not bouncing back. There's stuff we don't want to, ba- I don't want to bounce back to messy. <laughs> I want to bounce forward. How would you define a resilient marriage? Mm, that's a great question. Uh, I think a resilient marriage is first one that recognizes that you, um, when you go through things, that doesn't mean it's the end of your marriage. It doesn't mean that you should have no hope that you are going through it, you're persevering. So I know we'll probably talk about this in a minute, but in my book, um, one of the rings is the persevering. And um, I had, I was the first time we spoke at a marriage conference about the seven rings of marriage. It's like first time giving this talk and a gentleman came up to me afterwards and said, hey, uh, you forgot a ring. And so here I am, I'm thinking like, man, this is the first time I gave the talk. Maybe I did forget a ring. I'm trying to go through my mind. What did I forget? And he says, the suffering. <laughs> and he busts out laughing. And so, and so I was like, all right, I get it. I get it. I get it. But we, you know, the suffering could potentially be in the persevering, but we chose persevering because here's the difference. Resilient marriages know that as we are going through this, 
that this is not everything that our marriage is going to be. We're going to get through it. And God has something for us on the other side. So it's a forward or future outlook that he's already written the story. He's already told us what's going to happen. And yes, we're going through this. This is part of the process, but God's got something through this process that is going to be even greater than the trouble that we went through in the, in, in, during the process. Right. When I think about your comment earlier around the importance of communication, sometimes I find that it's not only what we're saying, but it's what we're believing about one another in the middle of the conversation of what, not just what the person said, but what I believe you meant by it and how it can just become so twisted and literally almost become like that quicksand instead of being able to move forward, to move up and out. We get caught and trapped into almost this quicksand moment. And and Cheryl was in, in the comments, she's just been going in. She's like, yes, yes. She said the, the fear of judgment and stigma can create those barriers um, to a resilient relationship. Um, what are some of your thoughts about those that that quicksand that families and um, husband, wife, parents they they can find themselves in? Yeah, that that was uh, big. What you said about what we think about the situation uh, or our spouse, uh, a friend of mine. He just released a book not too long ago, but he uh, we uh, we went to hear him speak one time, and he said the statement that says that. Um, what you think about your spouse is going to determine how you react or how you respond or how your relationship. So basically he's like, okay, the thoughts that you have, you could say certain things and still have a different thought. So if your thoughts about your spouse, that's how you're going to relate to your spouse. And if those are negative thoughts, they're distrustworthy thoughts, whatever it is, that is going to impact the day-to-day relationship with your spouse. So I think that is so crucial and, you know, what, think about what we're thinking about, you know, and, and I've caught myself, you know, you're not, this ain't long time ago, you know, even recently, it's like, man, my thoughts about Stefana are not serving our marriage. Why do I think this way? And then trying to capture those thoughts, like the, like the word teaches us and change those thoughts and reframe those thoughts, because I, I, here's a great analogy. You're walking down the street, you see somebody, you think they're going to mug you. What do you do? You clutch your purse. You know, you, you, you walk down the street, you think somebody's going to hit you in the mouth. You protect yourself. So those thoughts are going, it doesn't matter if that person has good or bad intentions. Those thoughts are going to override how we react to it and relate to them. Communication is so much more than just our words, right? And and if you have a history of not feeling loved or accepted, your brain is actually picking up on the smallest cues of anything that is a threat or a danger. So you can pretend with your words all you desire, but communication is so much more. And you are sending messages that your partner's brain is picking up on and responding and believing that actually in some cases can be even louder than the words you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love that. And like on the communication piece, uh, we, we talk about different levels in, in some of our family life conference levels of communication. And the third level is, is, is really what I call, I call that surface level. So your goal is to get below the surface. So the third level is surface level where you're sharing your thoughts and your opinions and what you think. And a lot, I found this as well. A lot of couples usually get stuck at that 
uh, space right there, that level right there, and don't go deeper and get beneath the surface. And because of exactly what you just said right there, because now they're kind of testing, okay, I want to share, I'm going past just sharing some facts and some basic stuff. I want to share my feeling or my thoughts on this. And they're watching, they're watching body language. They're watching these things that in the past have said something. And so they may not be willing to go break through the surface and get to the real conversation where you're sharing feelings and can transparently share. So they draw back. It's like, okay, so your communication ends right there on a consistent basis because of those factors right there. And I want to encourage the, the couple who is, who is looking at that and they're reading that or the, the spouse is sometimes you got to be risky. And I call it high risk, high reward. You got to take the risk and step a little bit deeper and share it. Sometimes you may get your feelings hurt. Sometimes some stuff may not come back that you want to hear, but you will never get to the level of communication, which will be the most healthy for your, your relationship until you take a little bit of that risk. Wow. I love that image, that mental image of taking the risk. We've talked about the whole concept of the terror barrier, like that, that barrier barrier that we step up to and then we continuously step back because we are cut caught up in this what if loop like oh i I get to that barrier and then i get there oh what if and then i pull back and that whole concept of saying instead of what if even if even if and then break through that moment to create a whole new neurological pathway of connection that can start a whole new experience in your relationship. Oh, oh. I, I love that. I love that. That that what if to even if that little small uh, tweak right there can change uh, uh, change things right there. I love that. Oh, so I want to make sure before we go into our break that our listeners understand there is a special opportunity. Now, I've been promoting it all week on my page. So if you have not gotten this link yet, you're late, but you are not going to be left out. We have an opportunity to to actually inform, and he's going to break down information about the foundational book that just revolutionized my thoughts around marriage. He's going to tell us more about the seven rings of marriage, but he's given us an opportunity to actually ask you, do you want a marriage that's worth celebrating? I think that question in and of itself to be real with yourself, do you want a marriage that is worth celebrating? You can actually start by taking the Happily Married Couples free marriage quiz. It's simple, it's confidential, and um, as you do it, you'll gain access to valuable insights and once it's complete, you'll receive your quiz results with some personalized next steps to help you strengthen your marriage. So it's just as simple as going to happilymarriedcouples.com backslash flip side. And for our Facebook community, I'm going to drop that link into the chat right now so that while we are on this break, because it only takes a couple of minutes, right, Jackie? 
Yep, you'll be done before we come back from break. Look at that. Look at that. You'll be prepared for the next part of the conversation. <laughs> so I have dropped that link into our Facebook community. Go ahead. It's only going to take two minutes to do. You'll be able to come back with some results and some questions. Feel free to drop your questions in the chat while we take this short break. We will be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. What if the most special part about you was not how you fit in, but how you stood out in a world that has never seen your kind of beauty? What if you could walk confidently in your God-given beauty, identity, and purpose? My name is Sandra Coates, and I am the founder and visionary of a movement called United and True. We want every woman to know that she is being transformed, she has been redeemed, and she is unique. I'm also an author of a newly released book called None Like Her. It is about awakening the beauty and the value that is within every woman. You see, it's time that we rise up through the confusion and the chaos and the comparison and the shame to know that there is nothing more we need to do to access the beauty that is within us. Please visit SandraCoats.com for more information. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veerdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Hello and welcome back. I've been having a powerful conversation with my guest, Jackie Bledsoe. Uh, he has had an impact on the lives of over 115,000 couples from around the world. And we've got him right here with us having a flip side conversation of how can happily married couples navigate adversity, not as adversaries, but together. And so I have absolutely been um, just drinking up everything that he's been sharing. And we drop that um, link to the free, free Happily Married Couples quiz in our chat. And that website, again, if you are on the radio, it is happilymarriedcouples.com backslash flip side. Go ahead. It only takes a couple of minutes. You'll gain insight. You will get your results and you will get personalized next steps. So welcome back to the second part of our conversation. And you, Jackie, you've been talking a lot about communication 
and I want to kind of continue just a little bit because I know with the clients that I have been serving in my consulting business, that adversity is taking a huge toll on how people are finding ways back into relationship with one mm-hmm. another. Are there any additional practical tips you have for listeners who might be going through in this moment as someone has shared this link with them? They're currently going through an adversity in their marriage that might point them towards hope. Yeah, um, you know, perspective is everything. (laughs) And so one is just realize, like I said before, this is what we learned. Like when we were married, I explained how we didn't have counseling and all that. So we really didn't know what to expect. So everything that happened bad was like, oh, wow, I wasn't ready for this. And so just have perspective that you're not the only one where you are right now. There have been other couples that are there now and in the future. So when you have that perspective, that helps. But I also think that uh, when we're in the middle of any type of adversity, instead of saying, woe is me or woe is us or pointing the finger even at your spouse, is what does this make possible? is, okay, what can I gain from this? There's some purpose in it. That's why we chose the word persevering versus suffering in the seven rings of marriage. Because when you think about persevering, you know we're going through and God's got something on the other side. So that switch of focusing on, okay, how can I grow from this? What does this make possible? And and seeking those questions and those solutions from, from that perspective, because I, I truly think that um, another major problem with our, with couples is that we're looking at somebody else to change or fix or as a source of the problem. But we're both we're all broken. We're both broken in our marriage. And so if we are both actively working on ourselves and trying to grow and get better, then I think that is naturally going to come together for both of us. Uh, maybe not at the same rate of growth, but I think uh, it, it will it, it will happen. Um, I think also just a, a basic thing is to put reminders, visual reminders. And I'm leaning on Stefana for this. Um, She had Galatians 6 and 9, do not grow weary and well-doing for at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. She had that verse posted everywhere. And I know there were times when she was weary and that verse gave her strength. Um, And so right above the kitchen in our, our, um, our, where she done dishes and and, and prepared food, she had it engraved on um, on her iPad. Everywhere you turn around on the mirror, you see that verse. So we have to put things back in us that are going to remind us of what's happening. And so we're not stuck in whatever that thing that we're stuck in. I will tell you, I don't know if it's a wife thing, but (laughs) after I read your book, I literally went, I took that, the, the advice, the, the instructions, um, because each chapter is so full of, okay, so now do this. Um, And I literally put the fruits of the spirit on our refrigerator in the kitchen so that every time I walked in, it reminded me of the wife that I wanted to be, how I wanted to show up, how I wanted to engage. And and I just listed them there. I know he was just like, what? I just want, I just want the milk. Like, why do I, why is this? (laughs) Why are these things, this huge list of fruits of the spirit on the refrigerator? Can I just get the milk? I'm like, yes, but I need to remember because my mouth will get yeah. ahead of me and I will spoil everything. I need a visual. <laughs> it's powerful. It is powerful. 
those, that visual is so important uh, to, to rewire our habits, right? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, we're, uh, we're creatures of habits and, and our habits are triggered by what we see. And so if, if, you, if you put reminders uh, that will trigger the right habits, the right thoughts around you, then you can drown out that other stuff that's going on in your mind and in your heart. Uh, yes, Stefana's big on that. She puts notes in the, in the kids uh, in the boys' lunch boxes uh, on occasion. Uh, all that stuff. So it's it's crucial to set your environment to produce what you want. Like you said, reminding you of the woman, the wife that you wanted to be. Like you're not going to accidentally be that woman or that wife. You need reminders, visual cues, need other people pouring into you. There has to be input into you. And sometimes we have to set ourselves up for that because that input, uh, we come home from a hard day at work or an argument, walk in the other room, our mind is drifting to that. But now you see the fruit of the spirit and now God is starting to speak to you and minister to you and that and bring you back to where you should be. Yes. So we've been talking about them, referencing them, mentioning them. We've even given a quiz. And I know people are just probably like, so what are the rings? <laughs> <laughs> can you um, explain what the rings are and how they actually can become a roadmap for couples? Yeah, yeah. So first, the, in the simplest explanation, the rings came from our marriage journey. Uh, it was truly what we had gone through. And Stefana, and I, I wrote the book, but Stefana and I created the Seven Rings of Marriage one night on our couch, um, just brainstorming some things and what we've been through. And I was creating content at the time. And I was like, man, let's this play on word with rings. So it is really the seasons that we've gone through. But what we found out, even after we wrote, you know, wrote the book and wrote the Bible study and been speaking about it, is that. It's, you don't just go through the rings once, uh, but these rings you can revisit. But also at each ring, you really want to master that ring. There are certain skills, marriage skills that can be developed and should be developed at each ring to help you to continue to grow so you can get through all the rings and become what we talk about, the happily married couples uh, that we've been talking about. So without further ado, you want me to break them down? You want me to share yes, them? please. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the first ring is the engagement ring. And, and I'll go through it. If you want to jump in in between any ring, Dr. Veerja, please jump in. Uh, but I'll just start breaking them down and going from there. Uh, the, the engagement ring, you know, that's obvious. That's the first ring you get on the way to, to getting uh, married. And really, that is a time where you are looking at your future, looking, you know, casting vision, what is to, is to come, you know, what are your core values, what are the things that are important to you. But the most important thing that you can develop at that stage, at that ring, is a foundation. And that's something that you both agree on that your marriage will be built on. So for us, our marriage is built on the rock, on the relationship with Jesus Christ. And so that sets the table for everything else. And you will need to come back to that foundation throughout your marriage. So that's the engagement ring. Um, the wedding ring is obvious. That's next as well. And so now that's where you point, you go past the engagement. Now you're married. You say, I do in front of all your friends, family, and the pastor in front of God. And now you're, you're committed yeah. And, and I always tell people in the engagement ring, you can always cuddle off and no harm, no foul. You know, maybe it wasn't right, but it's better to do it then and after the fact. And so now you're committing to one another before God, before your friends and family. And that is about that commitment, which is not a one time commitment on your wedding day. That is an ongoing commitment over and over again. And it's not just a big commitment. It's many micro commitments and the big commitments that you have to continue to do over and over and over again throughout your relationship. Um, mm. and, and then um, next is the discovery. Oh, so you told me I could interject. Yep, go ahead. So in that wedding ring, are there any non-negotiable commitments that 
you found you had to make and that you actually recommend people make? Yeah, one of the biggest ones that we heard, and this changed the game for us, and that was for that from that first couple that we talked about that we were in their class, their marriage class, um, our first year of marriage. And that is, we, we, we've heard it all the time. You guys probably know if you're in Christian marriage space, you've heard it. Divorce is not an option. And so when you basically make that a non-negotiable, like we're not going, they, they told us, they impressed this upon our heart. We're not going to discuss. We're not going to talk about. We're not going to threaten. We're not going to joke or make light about divorce. Uh, we, we used to homeschool our kids and, and in their homeschool curriculum, we had banned words, words that they use over and over again that they couldn't use. So we banned them. So divorce became a banned word in our marriage because we needed to be backs against the wall, burn all bridges, and there's only one way out, and that's to work it out together. And when you have that, you got to go that route because we don't want to sit in here and be miserable. So if this is the option, it's to be with you forever, we got to make the most of this. So that was a crucial one for us is just divorce, take it off the table. Uh, yeah. we, we wouldn't speak it. And, and it is, um, it's easier said than done. Um, and it sounds real. Oh, yeah, that's the you know Christianese or whatever. But when you make when you make a decision and you resolve something, then you have to find a way, and that's what it forces you to do. And when we're forced as human beings to find a way, we get so creative, we get so um, determined, we overcome things that could normally take us out. So I think that's what putting that boundary of that non negotiable in does. Oh, thank you for that. Okay, ring yeah. three. <laughs> so ring three, and that is the discovering. And so think about it, you know, you're, you're dating, you get engaged, you get married, now you're committed, now you're living together. And there's going to be some stuff that you find out, some discovering is going to take place about your spouse and about you. And it's kind of organically or naturally happening. And, and you know, I always, I say this, uh, probably I should speak for Stefana. If she knew what she, some of the things that she knew after we got married, then we probably wouldn't have been there. <laughs> so if she had discovered those things before, I don't know if we'd have made it. We, we'd have got to that point where we could commit with the wedding ring. But the, the thing about the discovering is, yes, there's some unintentional learning, but the real power comes is when you become intentional. And so we want to actively and intentionally seek to learn more about each other and about marriage. And because that that helps us down the line when we say, OK, we don't know each other anymore. Well, you stop being intentional about getting to know each other. And so our commitment in the discovering is to become a lifelong learner of one another and marriage principles. And so when you do that, it carries that again. These are skills at each ring that you need to work and continue to do. It's not, okay, I did it. I passed that ring. I'm on. No, you keep developing these and keep growing these. So discovering is all about continuing to study and learn your spouse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Study and learn your spouse. All yeah. right, ring four. All right. So now, you know, natural flow of things, you start discovering things, you start having challenges because of the things that you didn't realize. For me, basketball players, Stefana's like, why can't you put your dirty clothes in the hamper? And it's right there. You got to be able to make a layup. And so they would be on the floor. That's just where I put them. And so now you get to the point where, you know, some stuff comes between your relationship and just you being two different people with two different backgrounds. You start to experience some challenges. And that's where we come to the persevering. Some of those are external. Some of them are internal in your relationship or even re resulting with um, you and who you are. But now here we are and we're persevering. We're, we're challenged. We're, we're struggling. It could be, I mean, it could be something as serious as, um, you know, infidelity or something that's like, man, uh, she, her, her tone when she talks to me is not good or his tone is not good when he talks to me. It can be all different levels. But now you're forced and faced with some things that could change your marriage. And 
The persevering is the fourth ring, which is conveniently located right in the middle. And I say couples make a choice. They either go right and stay in the marriage. Some of them go left and get out of the marriage. And some of them say, I'll stay in it, but I'm just cool with this marriage not being all it can be. And so we have to make a decision at that point. And that decision is basically like God is going to use what we're going through and he's going to use it for our good and the good of others. And so when we have that perspective, now we're able to get through whatever the season is. Um, you know, our, our stuff has been job loss, homelessness. Uh, you know, a few years ago, uh, I, I had a massive heart attack unexpected. Same year, Stefana lost a baby. Uh, so we've been through the persevering in multiple different stages of our relationship. But each time we've gone through it, I think we've been able to lean back on what we've gone through before and just trust that God is doing something during this time of persevering. Wow. You just spoke to, I know several of the people in this, in the chat, you just absolutely confirmed um, the power of persevering. Absolutely. Okay. Next ring. Yes. After you persevere, uh, uh, now you're restoring. So here we get to the point where whatever you rocked your world, rocked your marriage and the persevering, now you've got some broken pieces, some broken hearts in your marriage. And so now it's time to pick up the pieces and put them back together to restore them. And so this, there's a lot of for learning how to forgive and learning how to accept forgiveness as well. But the thing is with, with the restoring is, is you can't do that all on your own. You have to have God involved. He is going to be the one that is really going to restore your marriage the way he created and wanted it to be. And so that's when we really lean hard back on that foundation that we talked about before, because now, you, now, you know, maybe there's trust issues and you can't look at your spouse the same way you used to, or you don't want to share that thing that you thought you could share with them. So now that is a, that is a big hump, a big hill to overcome, but it takes the grace of God and the Holy Spirit working, us allowing him to work in us to do that. Um, and so, but then now you're restored. And what happens after we restore those broken pieces, now we're in a position of prospering where our marriage is at a totally different level than it was when we you know, put that wedding ring on. Uh, it's great, but it's not perfect. And uh, that means that we're, when we're prospering, we're not at the point where we don't experience things. We do, but our perspective is different. So that two-week argument, and I'm speaking about us, <laughs> that two-week argument, whatever that dispute was, it lasted two weeks for, and we forgot what we were arguing about, now it's two, two minutes. Um, two hours, you know, that that time frame is drastically reduced. So we now realize what God has done in our marriage. It's like, man, we are really in a good place and we're grateful for it. And these challenges aren't going to derail us. They're not going to have the same negative impact that they used to when we were younger in our marriage before we went through a thing or two and God showed his grace. Um, yeah. But- and, and I shared in the opening that when I was reading the book, I discovered how I needed to forgive some things to for us to to fully stand in that restoring place, and um, my so I have <laughs> I have a long memory. I could tell you what you had on, where you were standing, the whole thing. And my husband's like, why are you remembering these things? And I had to get to a place where I really wanted us to be able to get to that that next ring. But it really required a heart, a humble heart, acknowledge my place of pride and really rest in a place of um, forgiveness 
because as we're in, we're kind of in between that restoring and prospering season and recognizing that it is not about number of years. Cause I'll tell you we're at 27 years in and there's stuff that you just have to unpack, but it's that prospering where I'm not, we're not going to argue at, for days now. Mm, right. One, we're too old. That that leaves too much stress on my old body. <laughs> <laughs> but you, it, we're 20, we're 27 years in. I understand you. So, and life is too short. Like we need to cherish every moment. So I, both of those, it really gave me a wake up call. I know for myself personally. So I thank you. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that I, I love. Thank you for sharing that. Um, that is uh, not often when you write a book, you get to hear directly from the people that impacted, but you sharing that and how, how you use it is, is a blessing to me. So I really appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't matter how long you've been married. This is not a year's thing. Um, so it, it's, and I think, I honestly think that we're, we're 20, um, let me see, we're 22 years in marriage. I honestly think that uh, that unpacking doesn't end. Like we're going to be unpacking and continue to unpack. And so we're, that's the discovery. We're continuing to learn about ourselves, about our spouse, about God and marriage. All these things we're continuing to learn. So we can never shut that off um, and realize that unpacking sometimes can bring out some things that we didn't want to see or, or, or not happy about. That's that's mm-hmm. the reality of it. Yeah. And yeah. so our last ring. Yeah. So so now uh, we've been through six rings. Now we're to the mentoring. And the mentoring is, is is obviously what it says. And it's been, as we mentioned earlier, very, very impactful in our lives and our marriage. And that is where, okay, we've been through so much good, bad, all between experience, a lot of life, a lot of marriage, maybe some hardship, some amazing mountaintop experiences, and God's shown grace throughout. So now I say it's, it's almost a crime for us not to turn around and share that with someone else. And so, you know, not necessarily, you don't have to be a, a, a marriage author, writer, speaker, any of that, but who is in your world that that you can share what you've gone through or be a listening ear, whatever it may be. So that's the point where we are really pouring back into other couples and we're not turning off the the mentee. We're, we're still mentees. We're still learning at this stage of our marriage. We we've always been, we've been blessed to have a marriage mentor couple in our lives since that first couple. And it's not been the same couple every season. So we still have couples right now that pour into us that we can reach out to that will hold us accountable if you know we're, we're making wrong moves or, or having hard hearts or whatever it may be. But the mentoring is all about that. It's now, God, you've done a great work in our lives and our marriage. We want to share the good news and how it's impacted our relationship with others. Yeah. Oh, this has been so amazing. And I can't believe that we only have like four or five minutes left. Oh. And I think about the hearts of um, couples that are listening and how it really is a process. And, and a, a quick question is I want to make sure people and that I understand this. Do you get to a ring? Is Are like the rings a destination or can you find yourself like moving back and forth across rings? You definitely can't find yourself moving back and forth across rings. You, you persevering, you know, can come. I mentioned, you know, we were in 2018 was one of the hardest years of our, our marriage, our lives. Uh, at the beginning of that year, uh, we found out we were pregnant. 
Um, and all transparency, we were, you know, we we're in our 40s. We're like, oh, oh, what, what, what's going on here, Lord? And we weren't sure. And just at the moment, we really were, got excited because we were like, oh, man, how does this impact life? We were being real selfish. And just as we started to so like, oh, this is a blessing from God. And we're excited tearing, t- uh, telling the kids, Stefana lost a baby. And so mm-hmm. that devastated her and us and the kids. And we were at different points of grieving. So we were back in the persevering. And then later on that year, I had a massive heart attack uh, called the Widowmaker heart attack. And that drastically changed our lives at that point as well. So we were back persevering. Uh, We're always going through seasons where there's new things to learn, um, discovering, and we're trying to stay focused on that. We got to revisit our foundation. So it's not something that you go through when you're done at all. Uh, Wherever you find yourself, that's why the, uh, the quiz, the quiz is good to take because you can take it now, take it in a year from now, maybe be at a different place. And that's where your focus needs to be, where you are in that season and working on those fundamentals, those skills to keep growing. Ah, thank you so much. You have, uh, it's just been a wealth. And and I just keep seeing all of the, all of the comments (laughs) flowing up and people are probably like, she didn't ask (laughs) ask any of my questions because I have been selfish. There are questions I had. But I don't want us to end this time without couples um, or even a husband, a wife, um, a spouse that is listening and they're like, huh, I want to follow this more. Can you tell people um, how they can follow you, how they can get connected to your work? Where can they find you? Yeah, uh, all of our marriage work, you can find at the quiz and everything else at happilymarriedcouples.com. So go there, you can get the quiz and uh, we got a plethora of resources there. And then if you're social, um, you can find me at Jackie Bledsoe Jr. And that's Instagram where I spend most of my time. That's Facebook, that's LinkedIn, that's everywhere you'll find the social media. And then if you want to go to our content on social for uh, marriage, just go to at for happy couples. Again, Instagram, Facebook is across the board. And we, oh, let me share this. We got a free Facebook group. Um, you can link to that from our happilymarriedcouples.com site. That's for married couples. Join that. It's um, just search happily married couples in Facebook. Ah, oh, so you now have tools. You have heard it straight from the mouth <laughs> of Jackie Bless. So you have had a quiz that can get you started. You absolutely, the book is everywhere. Can they get the book? Yes, Just about any place. Yeah, the book is where all, all major retailers just Google Seven Rings of Marriage and you will find it. And, you know, shameless plug, if you are not on the YouVersion Bible app, that's actually where I first was introduced to Jackie Bless. So I did the Bible study first and then I said, huh, no, I want, I want the whole book. I need the whole book. <laughs> <laughs> so there you can absolutely get a taste of things on YouVersion as well. Uh So, Jackie, I I continue to say just thank you so much. Um, This has been an amazing first episode back live, anniversary, um, all of that. And thank you for the work that you are doing. You are absolutely, you have impacted me as a wife. And I know that you have impacted couples who are listening. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I, I enjoyed the time together. So there you have it. We have come back, y'all. So it is all new episodes from this point forward. And so stay with us. Same time, same place right here next week on The Flip Side. 
Thank you for tuning in to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Please join your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.